Nation Nail Salon and Grocery Store. Wait, she's at the nail salon and the grocery store? I'm at the Combination Nail Salon and Grocery Store. Groceries through Instacart, delivered to my door. I don't have to choose between acrylics and the grocery store. Hello there, this is the Balookadoons Podcast. Andy here, thank you so much for deciding to listen to this episode. Uh, what what have I in store for you this week, I hear you ask. Um, and as usual, I'm going to have to pause for a second so I can open up, my, open up the finder and go to the file where I have all my notes. Uh, okay, here, here I am just reading the MP3 titles, <laughs> basically. Uh, the uh, the Podflix film this week was uh, A Christmas Carol, and this is the ni- 1951 version with Alistair Sim. You'll be able to hear what I what I thought about that. Uh, Beluga Weekly number uh, 27, and and why I was I was quite pleased with this one. It, it probably isn't one of my best, but personally, I I kind of there are things I definitely like about this one. It's getting hard. It's getting really hard to find <laughs> episodes of Blue Weekly that I actually I'm actually genuinely pleased with. It's going to be easy next week. I just have to pick out from one of the many that I didn't think worked so well. Uh, there is a six minute shout out. I'm not going to give that away, obviously. Uh, yeah. Uh, also, I I give a little bit of information, just a little, a little bit of information about Beluga Weekly 2017. So yeah, next next year's batch of Beluga Weekly episodes that are already in production. We're only halfway through this year and here I am making plans for the next year. I've you know, got to be organised. So as I said, it was Christmas Carol that I was looking at uh, this week. Uh, the 1951 film with Alistair Sim. Uh, so I'm going I'm to move us on to that segment where you'll hear me talk about that film and reveal... The film that I shall be talking about in the next episode. According to IMDb, uh, this version of the Christmas Carol was originally entitled Scrooge, just simply Scrooge. Uh, that says original title in brackets. So yeah, because. Uh, when I had this um, this film picked for me last week, the the page that refreshes and shows me um, the you know, the randomly selected film, uh, it, it came up with a page of information, and I think at the top it said A Christmas Carol, nineteen fifty one. I believe that was an embedded YouTube video of, of the trailer, and on that one it said Scrooge. So yeah, you can imagine that. I, I always feel like I have to make sure that I'm, I'm definitely getting the right film. Because if there's been a mix-up, you know, um, I tend to watch the trailer that I get um, in order to kind of set me up for the the uh, viewing. Um, I, I, I said this be- I said this a few times before, actually. Um, I'm, I'm getting better at actually staying focused 
that's always good. Yeah, because I, I think things got particularly bad when I was I was trying to uh, to watch the Genghis Khan film a few weeks ago, and yeah, I it kind of got ridiculous because I just um, I wasn't taking in anything. There were, there were just there, I, I can only remember seeing a few brief moments of that film and so yeah uh, i'm trying to take things a little bit more seriously you know, i've been doing this for a while now i, I actually I, I have like a little collection it's almost like a scrapbook of, of all the the films I've, I've taken stills and movie posters from the, the previous films I, I should just yeah basically i i've i've uh, done this segment for quite a while since the start of the year but I, I should get back to talking about A Christmas Carol, 1951. This is this is uh, the one directed by Brian Desmond Hurst uh, and starring Alistair Sim as Ebenezer Scrooge. Uh, and I, I can remember when I first saw this film, it was actually a couple of years ago, um, a couple of Christmases back, I think. And I remember my mum telling me about it and saying how it's good, but Alistair Sim plays the part in such a way where it it's kind of you know it, it <laughs> gets a titter out of a few people basically he overacts quite a lot i think I, I talked about this i can't remember which one it was but how some actors are really good at being over the top just larger than life and some of the uh the uh, the the most dramatic parts of of this film tend to be, you know, f for me anyway, kind of laughable. But I, I'd say that in a good way. I think um, I've just realised this is the second time I've had to talk about a Christmas film when it isn't actually anywhere near Christmas. But yeah, uh, but it, I, I think. Um, that that kind of holiday cheer that you get from this and lots of other Christmas classics. I mean, because I... Um, obviously, there have been so many different adaptations of A Christmas Carol. This is what I'd, I had to kind of remind myself when I was doing the Romeo and Juliet talk a few weeks ago. Um, I um, I understand that it, it, it's... Because, uh, you know, I, I'm quite familiar with the book now. I think... Because there are so many adaptations, you almost feel like you don't need to read the book. But it is a wonderful book. Um, in fact, my favourite adaptation um, of A Christmas Carol is Mitch Benn's audiobook version. So not a film. But I think because Mitch did it really well because he simply read the book and he did character voices because he's really, he's really good at doing character voices. And uh, I actually think he nailed like, Scrooge and Marley and... Bob Cratchit and Bob Cratchit's wife, and, you know, because he does all the, does all of the characters in different voices, and uh, yeah, um, it, it's just a very good reading of it, uh, and and it, it kind of I, th I suppose that was um, what got me more interested in the book because I realised there's so so much in the book that I wasn't aware of because I hadn't actually seen any of the adaptations that included, you because. Know, Things get taken out, things get added in. Um, but yeah, in, in this version, the Alistair Sim one, uh, they did really well, I think, to change things around in a way that actually does make a lot of sense. Um, I, I think there's there's a... Um, 
I'm pretty sure that uh, Ebenezer Scrooge's um, maid doesn't appear in the book. Um, but yeah, I, that, that's actually a really great scene because it, it it's just so it's, it's over the top. It's um, it, and the the bit where you know he 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 has that moment that's kind of moment where he gets all excited and he's like you know it's Christmas Day and you know, he's a changed man and his maid thinks he's gone completely mental <laughs> and uh, her, yeah the 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 way she reacts to this is this is amazing and um. It is a very, very merry, very merry movie <laughs> for the the festive season. Yeah. Um, so would I watch it again? Uh, I'm pretty sure I will. Um, most likely at Christmas time, not not during the summer. It is just because of this this random, uh, randomly generated movie that movie segment that I'm doing. Uh, I'm talking about it now uh, because I have no way of knowing what's going to what the next film is going to be um so i have to say tell me internet what film will i be talking about in the next episode of this podcast grand hotel 1932 you know what they say about time and tide mr fezziwig they wait for no one there's more in life than money sir it is time for the six-minute shout-out. So let's spin that internet wheel. There it goes. There are lots of lots of different websites on this wheel. It's a very big wheel. Um, most of them are not safe for work, but uh, don't say I didn't warn you. <laughs> uh, where's it going to land? Is it going to be a YouTube channel? Is it going to be a Facebook page? Ooh. All right, now this is um, Awesome Build. Right, this is uh, from the YouTube channel channel awesome uh, and awesome build is a, a series of videos that they've recently started doing uh, mainly to do with um, the props uh, and costumes that are made for the nostalgia critic because in the, in the nostalgia critic um, the, there are lots of sketches and they, they have people dressing up and doing the, these routines and things and um, it's a uh, a lot of work goes into it, and one person in particular who um, works really hard for, um, to, to get get these sketches looking really good and really polished is Jim J. Ross. Uh, he does things like uh, makeup, uh, and he, he he does appear in and some of the uh, nostalgia critics. Uh, he, he has he has been like a supporting cast member. Uh, but one of the really amazing things he does is he builds things. He, he makes a lot of the props. And so uh, one, one of the things that has been certainly apparent is uh, Jim does a, a lot of prop work. And uh, th this is something that I've, I've certainly seen a lot of in the behind-the-scenes making of videos that they, they did. Uh I don't know if they're still doing those anymore. Um, this this might actually be replacing that because uh, they they've started lots of different kind of because uh, you know, they've got other series like Awesome Comics and 
Uh, I think uh, Tamara Chambers is now doing a series of videos where she does her own little review segment. Um, but anyway, uh, so Jim is is now doing these kind of behind the scenes um, where where he where you just you, you see him uh, turn up at work and um, read through the the list of items that are required for the latest episode of the Nostalgia Critic, and uh, he gets to work on building them and he, go, he goes into what he's going to need, what he's going to need to get hold of, and you see him gathering together everything and all of the planning that goes into it, all of the the, the, the tons of work and time and effort that goes go into these. It, it's really incredible. It's, it's fascinating. It's great if if you're into kind of arts and crafts, but you know that 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 kind of undersells it because it, it's it's more than that. You know, he um, he often comes up with some really authentic looking uh, some of the some of the most impressive things he's done like uh, they, they they did like a gargoyles parody for one episode um and he he made, he made this costume that um it had gargoyle wings that actually spread out like he had these pulleys that could be used to make the, these wings actually unfold and spread out and um you can see that in the because that was the um I think that was the Haunted Mansion re review. So if you look up Nostalgia Critic behind the scenes or Nostalgia Critic making of, uh, and the one for um, the Haunted Mansion review, you, you get to see that. You get to get a glimpse of uh, the, the, this amazing costume that he made just for this short sketch. Uh, and and I think the uh, the video that came up recently this this is what made me want to talk about it in this week's episode um it, it's simply called the bleeding eye awesome build uh, that, that's the video you want to look for because um in this one jim puts together he, he constructs a fake eyeball that actually that spurts out fake blood <laughs> because and the, you know, the, the the context of this this joke is that um in 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 one of the nostalgia critic episodes, uh, there's a scene where Malcolm uh, gets stabbed in the eye with a pen, um, and then the the end of the pen just falls off, and he he, he doesn't seem to notice this. He, like the the end of the pen comes off, and blood just squirts out, and it, it's just like a long spurt of this of fake blood, and it, it's it's funny because I suppose I suppose. Um, it was all done so well that I, I didn't even think about it at first. It didn't occur to me that they actually had to practically find a way of doing that. Um, so it's great that there's this video because you actually get to find out how it was done. Because um, you know, it's all there. It's, it's a practical effect. Um, so yeah, uh, I was definitely impressed with this one. You not only get to see how this... this, this device was made but you also get to see it um they, they, they kind of go into a behind the scenes segment towards you know from, from like the uh halfway point um and so you get to see malcolm trying on the fake eye <laughs> and you get to see the the makeup session and and when he gets into costume and then they actually shoot the thing uh, and you get to see how well it works in that context as well. So yeah, um, 
I, I really like this new series. I, I, I find it absolutely fascinating. Because um, I, I did enjoy the behind-the-scenes video as well, I will say that, and I, I kind of hope that we might get to see some other things. Because, yeah, there, there are other interesting things to see in, in the in behind-the-scenes. But, yeah, uh, so that's Awesome Build. This week's six-minute shout-out. I have fallen, and I choose not to get up. We got the thump. Ladies and gentlemen, comedy fans of all ages, Thump Fest is back. Featuring performances by 2D6, Carrie Dalby, Tim Cavanaugh, Devo Spice, Dino Mike, The Gothsicles, The Library Bards, Mega Thruster, Rob Paravonian, Sea Monkey, Zach Shornick, Tom Smith, and Worm Quartet. And this year's guest of honor, Paul and Storm. George R.R. R. Martin, please write and write faster. Please give us boiled leather and sigils and steel. Thump Fest is taking place August 26th through 28th at the Elk Grove Holiday Inn in Chicago, Illinois. Tickets for the weekend are just $50. Join us for live concerts, panels, even more dumb parody ideas, demented karaoke, and the death of Sea Monkey. Visit FumpFest.com to register for the event and reserve your hotel now. That's F-U-M-P-F-E-S-T dot com. You know, as I record this, um, it's, it's, it's such a gloomy day today. I think I'm going to be staying in for most of the, the afternoon. Um, I, I've had to put the light on, in fact, because, yeah, even at this time of year, we get these really cloudy, stormy days, and, yeah, um, everywhere looks like it's, uh, like, 10 o'clock in, in the evening right now because I'm, I'm sitting with my with the, the light. Anyway, um, I shouldn't, shouldn't really complain, just... Should just get on with this. Uh, I mean, this this might not take me very long because it's another short comic. This is Beluga Weekly. Which number is it? Number twenty-seven. It's not labelled. It it it, do, it does throw me when I uh, I don't I don't always notice that I haven't actually labelled the number on some of these. Uh, so yeah. Uh, and this week I'm I'm going to be doing a positive uh, take on this. Uh, yeah. Twenty-seven was was one that I I, I thought was all right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I I don't have I don't exactly have any issues with this one. Um, Beryl and Stan, uh, they, they look really different because I, I suppose on one hand, this goes back to presumably before I I had my tablet. Yeah, they those lines don't look like I had a tablet available. Yeah, um, I'll check the year. Yeah, uh, yeah, two thousand and nine. So this is the the first year. Yeah, this, this is really, you know, obviously I, I wouldn't have got to twenty seven in over a year. What am I thinking? Um, but yeah, so uh, Stan is reading a book, and the book just has the word rats written on it, because that's all you have to know. It's a book about rats, because because they are rats. Beryl and Stan are rats. <laughs> um, Stan is saying, now, that's interesting. And Beryl says, what is? And Stan says, apparently you and I are never more than ten feet away from each other. That's it, that's the joke. I actually did come up with a joke there, you have to admit. I suppose that was almost like practice for future Beluga Weeklies, because sometimes 
like if I'm doing a four panel comic, because well, these days I, I do them in six panels. I just find that it, it, it's easier to, to actually take it in some kind of direction. But when I was doing four panels, um, the hardest thing always seemed to be just having a punchline, having something that works as a joke for the last panel. So it would get a, a bit random at times. But this time I just went for something very simple. It's it's not hilarious, you know. I like it. I like it because you know it, it um I I knew what I was doing this time. I you know, I just I I actually had something there. Um actually I I don't know if um because I I'm kind of playing with the cliche like I I I don't know for sure if it's actually a a fact, because like I even because I put ten feet. I think I may have I may have Googled what what it is that they say about rats that when whenever more than ten feet away from them, I think it's ten feet. I I haven't looked it up since. It might have changed since then. There might because as far as I'm aware, that it's kind of a cliche. Because you know the it um if if you want to actually know how reliable a lot of these. <laughs> these um, supposed facts are uh, John Oliver did a really good piece about scientific studies because we, we get so many so, so much information is spread around um, and and it's always in, in like a quite quite a entertaining form because they want people talking about it they want it to, to become popular uh, more than they would want to to actually uh, provide useful information. Um, so this is one of those things where, when people say we're never more than ten feet away from a rat or whatever. You know, it might might not be <laughs> in those words exactly. I, um, but but yeah, um, that is just and it's kind of an average thing. It's just a way of saying. Um, Rats might be a, a little bit. There might, there might be more rats out there than we realise. That's all it's saying, you know. We don't always see them. <laughs> we don't. We don't necessarily know exactly how far or how close we are from them. Um, and because Stan actually is a rat, that that was. Uh, that's what I figured he would get from that information. It would be like, uh, yeah. It, it kind of suggests that Beryl's the only other rat that he knows. <laughs> the, uh, uh, it, it was it was a thought that just you know popped into my head, and I was like, oh yeah, I, I actually think that's really funny. Uh, I, I did experiment here because. Again, this this was when I was going through my phase of just doing three panels and having them side by side. Uh, so the first panel not only has uh, Stan talking, like because that, that is panel number one, because usually I have the title Beluga Weekly kind of riding over the top of the comic strip. Um, but as I was keeping it very compact at this at this point I made it so that the title was uh, the, uh, within the first panel and it looks quite good 
I, I didn't end up using this, you know, I, I ended up going back to the four panels, uh, two above, two below. Uh, Eugene is there. It, it's basically just an image of him having, you know, sort of swimming around. And I, I did it the, um, so that it, it kind of overlaps the title, Beluga Weekly, and a little bit of Stan's talk balloon. Um, and I, I thought, I actually figured this might be how I end up doing them because I, 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 um, I, I think looking back when I, when I was kind of thinking about doing a weekly comic strip, uh, the image I had in my head was that, that kind of layout. And yeah, I remember, um, I, I felt like I would have liked to have just made it so that each panel is just lined up side by side, um, but I, I couldn't really do that because I wasn't really that sure how um, Comic Life works because I was using Comic Life to lay out the panels and everything. And uh, I didn't really know about kind of adjusting the page dimensions because they they do, they do have templates for um, like... Uh, um, sort of traditional looking comic strips uh, because the default layout is really designed for pages for individual pages of a, a comic book and that's really why Beluga Weekly looks the way it is the way it's done as like a, a full page um, which I, yeah, I've since found is a good way of making compiled books that have all the Beluga Weeklies in them. Um, so yeah, uh, this would have been around the time that I discovered that you can do traditional looking comic strips in Comic Life. And I thought, great, I'll just do that from now on. I was, I was really excited about that. I was like, this means that I can use Comic Life to do comic strips. It, it is uh, designed to, to allow you to do that. But... Uh, I, I did eventually move away from that. Because even though I, I am definitely happy with that one, I, I thought that that one was fine. <laughs> There's nothing particularly wrong with it. Uh, yeah, I, I did give up. I, I gave up on doing it that way. And I've been talking for nine minutes, apparently. So I've really got to get on with, <laughs> with the next bit. Wow. That really went by fast. Best case scenario, you might get some superpowers. Worst case, some tumors, which we'll cut out. So, uh, I've been very busy with Beluga Weekly. As a matter of fact, uh, this week I managed to finish the last episode of Beluga Weekly 2016, uh, which means uh, I've actually already started on the beginning of the next story that will start in January. So, yeah... It's going to be a while before that one goes public, but yeah, I'm, I feel glad that I've got that far because it's going to free up some time to focus on other things. I, I'm just hoping that um, the uh, 2017 story arc um, isn't going to be a, a difficult thing to work on uh, which seems unlikely, <laughs> but I almost feel like I have to at least make a start on 
on the um, February, so I kind of have to get at least five episodes done um, this year, just to make sure that I'm ready for the new year. So, um, so I think yeah, if I just look at it like you know, five episodes because I've I'm going to be working on the third one tonight. Um, so, I mean, I think after that I'm going to kind of put put it to a, put it aside because it's not really a top priority right now. Um, and maybe in a couple of months' time, I'll um, I'll do a couple more, and that'll mean that yeah, uh, I'll have until February to uh, continue with it. Yeah, it shouldn't be a problem. I think you know, I I do kind of like the idea of getting 2017 out of the way before 2016's even done, because technically I could do that if I if I start now. Well, you know, as I say, I've so far I've got two episodes of the the new one ready, um, and it's. Uh, um, I think it's, it's going to be a bit bit tricky to fit that all in if, if I'm doing another two a week from from here on. So it's probably not going to happen. I don't know. As I record this, it is the thirtieth of June. So let's see, July. That that would mean uh, from the fourth of July and the. Uh, so fourth and fifth July, that'll be two episodes done. Yes, yeah, see, I'm kind of looking into the logistics of that, but it doesn't leave much time for the other things I'm trying to do because it occurred to me that you know, in 2014 and 2015, I did a summer edition of new stuff, and I've decided I would like to do that again because I have had ideas for other comics and. As I said, I was working on a one-shot comic, and I, I intend to get that done at some point. But I think, um, as I, I have an entire month uh, to, to get the, the next summer one ready, because it, it's always like a, it, it's, it's like the barbecue edition. There's always something. It's always something to do with barbecues, and I, I'm, I'm thinking I might do another barbecue issue. <laughs> Um, for for August this year, because there is time. I've got lots of ideas written down, and I'm just thinking, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll experiment. I'll see if I can put my ideas into the form of a, of a comic, and yeah, <laughs> just have fun with it. I think you know, that that's that's the best way I found. Yeah. Um, so so that's something that's probably going to happen. You're probably going to have another barbecue new stuff to look forward to in August, and this this other one that I I have started, um, I've I've written down, uh, I've made a note to continue working on it on Friday, basically uh, just to kind of um, keep it together in my in my head so I, you know, I don't forget about because I've I've gone for for several weeks uh, without looking. Uh, that project, so I'm really hoping that I, I don't lose my way with it. What, why is my Mac looking for my iPad? I suppose it does it automatically, doesn't it? 
is it is it time to sync it sync it up uh, it does it it, does, it didn't seem to have found i'm gonna close down itunes right uh what was i talking about yeah um the comic here yeah because uh, i i like what i've done so far <laughs> i can't really say much about it um because i i really really don't like giving up giving away too much information and then changing my mind later on but there there will be th this and maybe a few others a few other one shot just experimental things i might shop these ideas around and see what people say just just get some feedback from yeah because i know a lot of people now who read a lot of comics and you know get some feedback from them maybe um I would talk about Cow's Play, but once again, I think I've really talked enough about it because, yeah, what I said last week, that's pretty much how, how it stands right now. But yeah, uh, I like making comics, is what I suppose I'm pretty much saying in this segment. It's fun. Well, on the bright side, we now get cable. Well, the time has very nearly come for me to send you all on your merry way, so... Uh, one thing I'll just uh, get out of the way right here is uh, the comic book club. I just want to tell you about this thing. It's uh, the th third Thursday of every month at the Goblet's Wine Bar, Southampton, uh, on, on Above Bar Street. Uh, it starts 7pm uh, to 10pm. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah uh, there, there is a, a Twitter if you want to find out some more information at CBC Sutton. You can also find them on Facebook. Just look up uh, Comic Book Club Southampton. It's a great club. It's lots of fun. Um, I have a website. It's uh, belugatons.com. B-E-L-U-G-A-T-O-O-N-S. There's that. Uh, there's also the Belugatons Redbubble store. Belugatons.redbubble.com Where you can find t-shirts, mugs, all kinds of merch. It's a... Uh, it's a happy place, happy place to... <laughs> um, yeah, uh, anything else? You know, this podcast is available on iTunes, Stitcher, Acast, and Deezer. So tell your friends. If, if, they, if they use any of those platforms, if you know any, anyone who, who's into those, those particular sites or... Yeah, uh, those are the different ways you can... Uh, oh yeah, and I, I always forget. Um, I'm now putting them up on SoundCloud, but because I, I have a free account, I'm deleting all, almost deleting the old ones to make more space. <laughs> so the latest ones are always up, are always up there, so yeah. Uh, uh, and that's pretty much it, I think. Uh, did, did I miss out anything? Oh yeah, the Twitters. Yes, I, I, have, I have two Twitters. At Belugatoons and at Belugatoons Pod for updates on this particular podcast. <laughs> so yeah, so that is it. That's everything. Right. Um, thank you so much, everybody. Take care. And bye-bye. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. 
Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.